You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening persecuted Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at www.opendoorsca.org. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast from Open Doors Canada. My name is Jared, I'm here with Andrew, and today we want to focus on some current events uh, going on in the nation of Myanmar. You may have read about it uh, recently, there is an ongoing military coup uh, that's that's occurred over the last month where uh, the elected government was uh, thrown out and a state of emergency declared by the military of Myanmar. So Andrew, uh, we have discussed Myanmar on the podcast before. That's right. So if you go back to season one, uh, you'll find an episode talking about the situation facing Christians in Myanmar. And so I encourage you to uh, go back, listen to that, learn about persecution in general in the country. Uh, particularly, we talked about the Rohingya, Rohingya crisis uh, there and how uh, there's uh, believers from a Muslim background who are being uh, targeted. But today we're going to focus on uh, what has happened in Myanmar over the past months. As Jared already mentioned, and you maybe have seen on the news or or on headlines, Myanmar has undergone a military coup, uh, leading to protests and unrests across the nation. Uh, But before we dive into that, let's talk a bit about Myanmar itself. Uh, Myanmar for a long time was known as Burma. It's located in Southeast Asia and is the largest of uh, that cluster of countries on the Southeast mainland of Asia. Its official language is Burmese, the capital city is Naypyidaw, and the main religion is Buddhism. On the 2021 World Watch List, uh, Myanmar ranks at number 18, uh, with a score that of 74 out of 100, which puts it into the category of very high persecution. It's worth noting that the World Watch List came out before the coup, uh, the, and the coup will not will fall into the 2022 World Watch List reporting period. So to contextualize this ongoing crisis, let's touch a bit um, on the last few decades for Myanmar, uh, with the caveat that we can only briefly skim years of national history. It's important to realize how the military has played a role in the Myanmar government over the years. Myanmar only gained its independence in 1948. And since then, there's been consistent internal conflict between various groups. In 1962, the military took control through a successful coup d'etat. From then on, the government was under military control. In 2015, the first non-military government leaders were elected, and the National League of Democracy, also known as the NLD, took power. So that brought us to the parliamentary elections of late 2020, when the NLD won re-election. The USDP, which is the party that is associated with the military, were protesting the election results and demanded a new election. They claimed voter irregularities, other fraudulent activity. And on February 1, after the new government, the NLD, was sworn in, the military seized control of the capital in a coup d'etat. In the months since then, life has become... Uh, more difficult for citizens of Myanmar. The military announced a year-long state of emergency with the plan of a new election one year from now. They've reenacted restrictions on public life unrelated to COVID-19. 
including limiting internet and social media access, demonstrations and protesters have taken to the streets and leaders of those protests have been arrested. The penal code has been updated to expand the abilities of the military. It's given them the right to conduct arrests without warrants, search houses without the presence of the local ward, uh, track people down, seek information from operators, and detain people for more than 24 hours. All of these are changes from what was previously allowed. So let's talk about how this affects the church. Yeah, so in a country of about 55 million people, there's around 4.5 million Christians. And as we mentioned, its persecution score of 74 uh, was given before the current unrest. So most of that persecution score came from societal pressure. Christians who convert, uh, especially from Buddhism, which is the national religion, face rejection and hostility from family and community. The feelings of religious nationalism in Myanmar can cause a lot of pressure on Christians. Yeah, so basically you take all those issues in the family and community circles and then you add this nationalistic government. We mentioned how the military was in control for decades before 2015, and many Christians remember those days and are worried about going back to them. Yeah, what one pastor had to say, When I recall the previous military junta, I become so angry and upset that I want to vomit. When I was still a student, I remember them checking mine and my friend's identity cards and making us stand under the rain. They also confiscated our books. Once we carried our own rice to cook in our hostel, and the soldiers accused us of supplying rice to the insurgent groups and detained us. When I think deeply, if the military is going to rule over us again, I cannot, I dare not imagine. My tears can't stop. Those are the words of one Christian pastor from Myanmar. Christians are also faced with the decision of how to proceed with the protests. Some have joined demonstrations in the streets, others are not convinced it's the best way forward. The, the protests in some places have set up barricades and barriers, and in other places the government has drawn lines threatening to shoot anyone who crosses them. It's an absolutely devastating situation. Churches and Christians across the country are praying for peace and for justice to be done. So before we spend a few moments in prayer, uh, I want to read just some selected verses from the book of Isaiah. These are words that look ahead to uh, the eternal kingdom of God when that peace and justice that we long for will finally be established. It's a beautiful promise. So this is from Isaiah 32. Behold, a king will reign righteously and officials will rule justly. Each will be like a refuge from the wind and a shelter from the storm like streams of water in a dry country, like the shade of a huge rock in an exhausted land. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteous will remain, righteousness will remain in the fertile field. And the work of righteousness will be peace, and the service of righteousness, quietness, and confidence forever. Then my people will live in a peaceful settlement, in secure dwellings, and undisturbed resting places." So let's pray for the church in Myanmar now. We can pray first for the safety of believers who are in the cities where protests are at their worst. And we'll pray also for wisdom for Christians and church leaders as they determine how to best address the new realities in Myanmar. And we'll pray for justice to prevail, for increased freedom, and for a miraculous end to this military rule. So let's pray now. Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to come before your throne of grace. And God, we ask that you would be with our brothers and sisters in Myanmar today. We ask, God, that you would strengthen the church in Myanmar. 
We ask that you protect the church in Myanmar. God, amidst all these protests and all that is happening, I pray that the church would remain unified and that the church would share the message of Jesus Christ, that they would be salt and light in this country. God, we ask, Father God, that you would protect your church there, protect your children in Myanmar, God. We know there's been violence and amidst the protests and that there's been even deaths, God, and we just pray that you would protect uh, your children there, God, that they would uh, be able to continue to be salt and light in, in a very dark place. God, we ask that you would give wisdom to the church leaders and pastors and church leaders in the country, God, that they would know how to move forward, that they would know how to deal with these realities. Father God, we pray that you would help them in, in all that they do, God, that they would know your uh, wisdom and your guidance through this entire situation. God, light their path today. Father and God, we just pray that justice would prevail. God, as uh, as Jared read from from Isaiah, God, that righteousness and justice, about righteousness and justice, God, we pray that that would come, that, that, that officials would rule justly. God, we, we think of uh, Amos where it says that let justice roll like a river. God, we just pray that... Uh, that a river of righteousness and justice would wash through me and my God. And, uh, there would be an end to the, uh, the, the current coup, God, and that, uh, a government that could rule in righteousness and justice would come into power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you again so much for joining us for this week's episode of the World Watch Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. It really does help us out. And you can also follow us on social media at Open Doors Canada. So if you want to learn more about the work that we're doing, you can visit us at www.opendoorsca.org. That's www.opendoorsca.org. And we'll see you again next Wednesday on the podcast. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly from Open Doors Canada. For more information on how to pray for our persecuted family, please visit our website, www.opendoorsca.org. Click Get Involved and then click Prayer. Prayer.